Hey, hello and welcome to a special EVs and Beyond panel. We've arranged some great guests today to discuss the news from yesterday's Tesla Battery Day. Uh, now, joining us is uh, Aaron Gillen from YHI Energy, Tom Parker from ChargeNet, and Mark Gilbert from Drive Electric. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for having us, Richard. Now, if I can quickly summarize uh, the announcements from yesterday. Uh, firstly, Tesla has confirmed the development of a new tabless battery. We'll go into that a little bit. That uh, they'll begin building in-house in a few, he few years' time, which is a big departure from what they're doing now using Panasonic cells in their vehicles. Uh, their batteries are reportedly six times more powerful and will increase range by 16%. Um, importantly, Elon Musk says his batteries will, batteries will help bring the technology close to price parity with ICE vehicles. And that's a, that's a really big statement. Um, Tesla will also build its own cathodes. Uh, and in that process, they claim they will make them 76% 70, cheaper. Uh, and also they will be removing cobalt, which is a mineral which has been mined in some controversial ways, I think it's a little bit of an understatement, uh, from that as well. Uh, all this culminates comes together in the fact that Elon is now claiming that in a few years' time, he hasn't actually put a time print limit on it this time, uh, that they will be able to build a US $25,000 Tesla. They said he's claimed that before, but with this new battery technology, will he, will he actually be able to do that? So let's start from the batteries, Tom. Uh, what on earth is a tabless battery? I mean, what's the big advantage? So Tesla have used um, cylindrical cells. Um, they, they look like AA batteries, but bigger. Um, and inside the cell is something that they're calling a tab. And um, they made a new design for the cell without the tab. Um, so inside the cell is a big, long roll of... Um, the anode and the cathode plates uh, and a separator keeping them apart. Um, they call that thing the jelly roll. And so the, um, the chemistry happens between the two, the anode and the cathode. Um, and you want as much surface area as possible. So they take very thin um, material and they roll it up into a bit like a toilet roll and they stuff it inside the cell. Um, but of course, it's not just chemistry, there has to be electricity going in and out of the, uh, the plates. So um, they put a, a tab, so a sort of a flat wire on uh, the anode and on the cathode and one comes out the top and the other one comes out the bottom and uh, they weld those onto the, the cell. So onto, one onto the body of the cell and one onto the end of the cell to make the two connections. And the problem with that is that um, if you've got a big cell, a large diameter, the middle of the cell is very far from the outside. And it's electrically and thermally insulated by the separator. And so um, the tab is going into the middle of the roll and all of the electricity has to go around and around and around and around the coil, the roll of... of um, anode and cathode to get to the tab before it can get out and the heat has to go through the separator or the same way the electricity does and so what Tesla have done is they've worked out how to get the end of the anode to stick out the top of the jelly roll and the end of the cathode to stick out the bottom and weld that all together 
And so now the, the electricity only has to go sideways along the length of the cell instead of around and around this big roll. They said it was a meter long. So you can imagine that you've got this thin, very, very thin, long, wide uh, roll of material and the electricity has to go half a meter to the middle to get to the tab and then out. And so there's a lot of resistance there, both thermally and electrically. Um, it just makes them a heck of a lot more efficient getting rid of that and having that kind of simple linear setup. Um, yes. And they, the big advantage for Tesla is it allows them to use a bigger cell. Um, if you saw in their video, there's a hole in the middle because you can't wind it with a very small diameter. You can't fill up the very middle. And then um, the volume to surface area, the, the can grows with um, the square of the size, whereas the volume, the amount of material you can fit inside grows with the cube. So the bigger you can make the cell, the more stuff you can fit inside it compared to the, the can, which doesn't do anything for you apart from make the battery work. Um, so that's where they get that 16% increase in range is by getting a bigger cell. But if you've got a bigger cell, you can't get as much power out of it because the electricity has to go a longer distance through the, um, the jelly roll. And also it overheats because it has to go through a longer distance through all the separators. Um, Are they really six times more powerful? No. So, um, so what's the mass that Tesla's claiming, claiming that? So you have to look at what they're comparing. So they're comparing their old cell with their new cell. So the new cell is six times more powerful than the old cell, but it's also bigger. Um, so it's got five times the energy and six times the power. That's the, the key uh, difference. So your 100 kilowatt hour battery is made of a smaller number of cells, five times fewer cells. Um, and then it produces 20% more power because each of those cells has six times the power, not five times the power. Right. right. Um, so they get 16% more range because mechanically you can fit more in when you use bigger cells and then you get more power, even though they've done that because these tabless construction has connected the plates sideways to the cell rather than lengthwise. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Aaron, what's your take on the new batteries? I understand the process of making them is also a lot more cleaner. I mean, how important is that? Yeah, I've been to uh, quite a few uh, lithium battery factories over the years, and the process is a very stepped process traditionally. Um, you know, whether that be in a long uh, form factor um, plant like, like the current Gigafactory or a lot of the plants in, in China are like, where they're actually like layers in a building on multiple levels where they have every layer in the building is performing a different process to pull this battery together. Um, so, you know, what Tesla's done, they've done two things. They've, they've simplified that process a lot. So there is basically material coming off one line straight onto the other line with, with a lot less processing in between. Um, but the big piece is about the, um, the dry battery electrodes. So uh, about 18 months ago, uh, Tesla bought a company called Maxwell who, who pioneered this technology. And it really takes away a lot of the current electrode um, process around slurries and solvents and all sorts of horrendous chemicals to get the active material um, impregnated on the electrodes. So by doing this dry, they've removed um, a lot of environmental issues, um, which are not necessarily an issue in other plants because they have scrubbers and other things getting rid of those, um, those chemicals from the slurries. But of course, getting rid of all those chemicals from a slurry takes up more plant space, it takes up more energy, it, it makes the whole process longer. 
So this is really where the, I think one of the key parts of this uh, announcement is, is the fact they've, they've actually managed to shrink their production line significantly by using this new process. Now keep in mind, it's still only proof of concept. Um, they, you know, there's a clear path to scale it, but they certainly haven't scaled it yet. Now, you guys are a, are a fairly big charging infrastructure, from, uh, uh, you manufacture charging equipment. Have you guys had any look yet as to whether these batteries will charge differently to the current uh, formulation of battery? Well, I mean, and this Tom touched on this as well, is that the, the power density and energy density has gone up, which is great, but we haven't had great information about the battery, but on some of the charts we've looked at, the batteries are actually gonna charge a little bit slower than the same capacity in smaller cells. But of course, you know, we can pack more cells into the same space. So it'll be interesting to see how it, uh, how it pans out in actual charging speeds in real life. But of course, as, as the batteries get bigger, the charging speeds are gonna naturally increase anyway. Now, you go sit into a pub, at a pub and get into a debate with some guy about EVs and he goes, well, I read somewhere that these things are using cobalt mined by children in the mm -hmm. middle of nowhere. How big of a deal from both a technical perspective and, and Mark, you may want to come on the latter part, that uh, a marketing, uh, an image perspective is getting that cobalt out of the batteries? So, I mean, this is one of those really interesting discussions we often have. You know, cobalt is, is a tricky um, mineral you know it is it is mined in the Congo there are ethics issues in mining it but you know the the process they have gone down with a heavy nickel based um, element in there is also not the greatest you know there are very few nickel mining operations in the world which are clean um, and nickel can you know nickel mining does contribute a lot to pollution and other environmental issues um, so it's not you know it's not the be all and end all by moving this process, but it has eliminated some human rights issues. Yeah, I, I'd support that, um, Richard. I think, you know, as the Tesla brand evolves and, um, you know, they want to be around for a long time, I think their sustainability, their image, their, their, their whole investment um, process of, of getting money to do what they need to do. I mean, it was just the other day that I think it was Morgan Stanley or some of the other big investment um, banks are sort of saying that they're, they're really into this ethical financing, so green finance. So you, you've got to have some pretty strong um, ethics if you want to attract money in the future. So I think they're doing the right thing for sure. Well, I guess there's funds out there that simply won't invest in businesses Correct. that are attached to that kind of thing, aren't they? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, I mean, it, it, it's I guess it's sad in some respects because countries like the Congo need investment. They need to sort of drag themselves out of this sort of perilous state that they're in with child labor and whatever. So unfortunately, corruption goes hand in hand with these sorts of countries, but it's a, it was potentially a real opportunity for um, countries like that to become a little bit wealthier, a little bit better in providing social services for people, but you know, hasn't sort of panned out that way. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the big thing here is that uh, there's been indications that this new methodology for battery production could uh, lower the cost of production to the point where we started to see we'll get close to price par price parity with uh, ice vehicles i mean is everyone here believe that that is true or do we or do we still think this may not be quite the technology that gets us over the line i think it'll help i mean the price parity has been signaled for quite some time um just not by tesla perhaps as much as others but if you stay in touch with bloomberg um 
new energy finance and and, and others, they're sort of predicting you know, the, the year 2025 is sort of thrown up as the year when there'll be the crossover. Um, whether that happens or not, um, who knows? But um, doing these sorts of things, and 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 you know, Elon does sort of try to deliver on what he states. So if he says we can achieve better pricing, he will. He'll know he can. Um, and I think the lower the price, I mean, New Zealand is really a price market. We all know that in the car game, Richard. Um, and if you get your price to a sweet spot, you'll sell a lot of cars. And, you know, the, the, the three sort of starts at, you know, 70 odd grand in New Zealand. If you bring that closer to 50, that'll lighten up the, the fleet market um, substantially. Um, and that will then flow into used car sector and, and into the demand profile that people will have. So. I think it's a good thing and it sends the right signals um, and uh, it's just a matter of time. But I think, yeah, we are going to see potentially lower priced cars um, anyway. I just think that there's a lot of potential perhaps from countries like India. Um, we know we've had uh, Mahindra sort of suggesting they might come to New Zealand uh, with some pretty competitive priced um, product. Um, so again, I think it's it's all about to happen. We sort of are getting closer to the the magical tipping point. Aaron, you you guys are exposed to battery the battery market. I mean, is this going to assist in pushing those prices down? Do you think? Oh, of course. I mean, we're already seeing you know the the, the price on lithium batteries, whether that be for vehicles, whether it be for storage or or other applications, is is constantly getting better. Um, and you know, even to the point where in some applications, we're actually seeing um, almost price parity on high-performance lead versus lithium now. Um, so it has come down a lot. Um, these leaps will certainly help, but of course the, the mass producers will probably still continue on with existing technologies because of course this dry electro technology in particular, you know, if, if Tesla are going to keep the painted on that, it's going to lock out a lot of other people out of the market from, from producing in this um, in this method. It, it, you know, Elon's opened up some of his paints in the past. Perhaps this is the one that he needs to uh, <laughs> to allow to spread a little bit broader. Yeah, well, look, it was uh, that, that, what they paid for Maxwell was a, was a pretty penny. I'm sure they're going to want to get the most out of it in the, uh, in the short term. One of the other announcements at Battery Day is that Elon has indicated that a $25,000 US uh, Tesla is coming. Now, I, I did some rough calculations and worked out that would retail at about 50,000, just over 50,000 in New Zealand. So uh, up against things like the MG ZSEV that we're seeing here now. Uh, Tom, would you be rushing down to a Tesla dealership to put a deposit in on a $50,000 Tesla? I must say that I had my heart in my mouth when I bought a Leaf for $23,000. Um, it would be very tempting, but at that price, I think I would still, um, for what I need, driving around Auckland, um, I don't need to spend $50,000 to do that. <laughs> Which I think is the case for a lot of EV owners. The, the Leaf does go a very metaphorical long way. Uh, Mark, you've sold a lot of, of premium vehicles into the market over the years. Uh, how well do you think a Tesla badge car at 50K would sell? I think it'll sell very well. I mean, you've seen you know, a lot of the car brands and, and um, they, they went quite high in the price, you know, prices were going up quite high into the stratosphere. Um, and then they started building like BMW and Mercedes and Audi started producing a lot of smaller cars. 
because they need the volume base to sort of stay in the game. Um, and I think that'll be the case with Tesla, that there's, you know, you, you go up the price ladder, the volume shrink, the volume opportunity shrinks um, because there's just not that many consumers. So to get closer to that sweet spot and to the market that's um, going to be open to EVs, and I think the demand for EVs, you know, I'm on record as saying that, and just looking at what's happening with um, the UK about to sort of supposedly ban fossil fuel, pure fossil fuel and hybrid vehicles from 2030 now. It was 2040. It's come down to 2030. Um, we're not that far away from seeing, I think, a lot of the car companies um, needing to beef up their um, model range of EVs. And obviously, Tesla's well positioned to do that. And they bring the price down a wee bit more. They widen the base that they're going to be selling to. So I think um, it'll be a watch this space. It'll rocket. Aaron, have you got any thoughts on what a $50,000 Tesla might look like? Well, it's interesting. You know, Tesla have done this um, in multiple markets. They're great at making all the publicity in the world about this is a price point. And then once they've made that publicity, everybody else will scramble to come and meet that price point. You know, whether that be offering a new lightweight vehicle to hit that price point. You know, they've made the noise. This is where it's going. Everybody have to follow. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Be there. <laughs> yes, it's 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 a and and that fifty thousand dollar mark does seem to be such a great one to hit. I mean, I know speaking to the guys at MG, uh, even though they're a relatively new in the in the modern context, Challenger brand with that ZSCV, that thing has sold in the scheme of the EV market in New Zealand very well, and I think they're going to deliver like nearly two hundred before the end of this year. Um, which for a new model, new brand, it's just that. Getting it down to that fifty-ish thousand-dollar mark that fleets can find acceptable is really important. Yeah, and I think it's also that it it, it widens the appeal for as a used car um, because I mean some of the smaller, cheaper cars. I mean, if you get down to Corolla, Yaris sort of level, they're not everybody's desire as a you know as a used car or their personal driver or whatever it might be. You know, the research over the years has always been that you have to have something a little bit bigger, be it a small SUV or, or whatever. So I think it's, um, you know, it's just the way the markets are going. I think SUVs and in the EV world, there'll be more of those. So I think, yeah, we're on the cusp, I think, of some, um, some a lot of new models and a lot of, uh, I think, change will start occurring even in our market eventually once we sort of get some, a bit of political will to start blowing through. So all this sounds wonderful. Then why have we, why if I go and look at my Tesla share, <laughs> is it down about fifty dollars <laughs> since the announcement? What? Why has the market reacted so badly to this uh, this announcement? Aaron, have you got any thoughts? Yeah, well, I think this is a where the Tesla marketing machines, uh, you know, bit them in the ass really. Um, you know, they they made all this hype around Battery Day. And everybody was expecting something absolutely game-changing and it's going to change the world. But it really was an iterative of change. You know, they, they haven't made, in the scheme of the hype that was around it, enough of an improvement. You know, it should, they should have come in with a much lower hype on this one. Were you expecting more, Tom? I try to insulate myself from the hype machine um, as much as possible. So I was actually pretty impressed with what they delivered. Um, I'm impressed that there's got sort of a large number and diverse 
uh, set of, of improvements. I don't think they, they'll land them all in the timelines they think, but they'll certainly land quite a few of them. Um, so it's, it's a pretty solid program of work. They're definitely gonna have quite a lot of improvements over the next couple of years as those come in. Um, it's not like they've, they've got a, an announcement of one giant improvement. Um, it's a series of iterative improvements that build on top of each other. And so I think that's, I'm really impressed. Um, and yeah, it's overhyped, but um, if you're not looking at the hype, then it looks great. Yeah, look, I, I'd endorse that. I think, you know, everyone's, yeah, a lot of the, I guess, people that, um, you know, when Elon goes on stage, you're expecting a lot of new models or at least one new out from outer space sort of new new model. But I think this was more about a lot of the production and the process story behind Tesla. Um, and it was really good to get a better understanding of it. So, you know, you guys have talked a lot about the science of the, the battery and all those sorts of things. And these are step changes. It's a bit like in, in ice terms, we always used to get excited. New model, it'll go further on a litre of fuel, it'll use less uh, fuel ultimately. And these are all quite exciting things when you're launching um, new cars. Now, this is the same sort of thing, but packaged up in different language. So we've got to learn to start getting a little bit excited about these, these iterative steps. And I think one of the things I pulled out of it too was the fact that you know, they, they've, they're refining the way that the battery is integrated into the, um, the body of the car. So the manufacturing process has changed, which is also going to make the car sort of stiffer and therefore possibly a better drive and how it corners and all these sorts of things. So there's a lot in there. Um, and you can't underestimate the investment that's gone into sort of creating uh, that type of manufacturing change. And, and that'll also yield some of the savings that they'll get in the future. So I think it's, you know, they're working pretty hard, just not on beautiful new models, but also on optimizing the way they're building vehicles, which I think is a good thing to see. Look, uh, a great uh, discussion here this morning. Thanks for joining us, uh, everyone. That's uh, Mark Gilbert of Drive Electric. Alan Gillen of YHI and Tom Parker from ChargeNet. Thanks for joining us.